Hey everyone, this is Brian Ferguson. If you're listening to this, then I know you enjoy the Bumps and Thumps podcast. In order to continue to get the guests on and improve our podcast, we need support from listeners like you. That financial support helps us continue to do the podcast and get guests on that we normally would not be able to get on the show. Please go to anchor.fm forward slash Brian, B-R-I-A-N dot Ferguson, F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N and the number three after and click on the support button. There will be options there for you to make a monthly contribution. With your contribution, we can continue to conduct the podcast and ask more well-known wrestlers from the past and present that require financial compensation to be on the podcast. Again, please go to anchor.fm forward slash Brian, B-R-I-A-N dot Ferguson, F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N and the number three and click on the support button. Thank you for listening to the podcast and thank you for your support. And now the end is near And so I face the final curtain My friend, I'll say it clear I'll state my case which I'm certain I've lived a life that's full I traveled each and every highway and more much more than this I did it my way regret Thank you for joining another edition of Bumps and Thumps, the talk of wrestling. I'm your host, Brian Ferguson. My guest today is an icon in the tag team division. He started in pro wrestling in 1955. He went on to win a number of numerous singles and tag team titles with his brother, Maurice Mad Dog Pichon, in all the major territories. He is the best known for competing in the AWA, NWA, and Stampede Wrestling Promotions. He wrestled until his retirement in 1987. He is a member of the Cauliflower Alley Club. He's inducted into the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2004 and the George Tragos Luthez Professional Hall of Fame in 2010. He is also the author of four books, the most recent titled Wrestling in the Past, Life in and Out of the Ring. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to welcome Paul the Butcher Fashan. Butcher, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be on Bumps and Thumps today, sir. Well, you're, you're very welcome, and uh, let's get on with this. I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not getting any any younger as you. Ah, uh, oh, you you sound great. You look great. Uh, for I want to talk about growing up in Canada, your family life and schooling. If you could just talk about that, uh, just give me a, br- a brief overview of how you grew up, your family, and and your schooling. Well, yeah. Okay. I uh, I was born in Montreal, Canada, in 1937. Okay. And and uh, my I was the middle child of 13 kids. Oh goodness! And in those days, uh, the French Canadian families were the most productive 
in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, Celine Dion is uh, the 15 in her family, and she was a French Canadian. Anyway, just I don't want to get away from the sub from the subject, but I was the seventh one. I was the middle one, and I saw all colors growing up. Okay. Oh, you know, there was uh, six older than me and six younger than I. <laughs> so I grew up to be the baby face of the first. <laughs> the baby face of, of the first seven and the villain of the. I'm the last seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So in your book uh, that I just read, it's a great book, by the way, Wrestling the Past, Life in and Out of the Ring. Uh, you talk about uh, your wrestling, how you wrestled in, in, in school. And then you uh, tell us a little bit how you got started in professional wrestling. I mean, I read it, but I'd like to hear it from you. I did, of course. Because my brother Mad Dog, mm -hmm. and and listen to this, I I uh, I wanted I wanted to be like my like my brother, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and and fourteen, I got I went I started going to the YMCA to learn all the rest of Amateur, you know. Okay, yeah. And because my brother had represented Canada in the Olympics as an amateur. He had won the British Empire Games, gold medal, and and uh, everything. So, naturally, uh, because he was my big brother, and uh, I wanted to be like, just like him, so... Yeah. I joined the YMCA, and that's where Mandog had learned to wrestle in Montreal. Yeah. But by that time, we had moved to the country, which is 80 miles from, from Montreal. Yeah. So I used to ride the train. Oh, wow. In the Canadian Pacific, I used to hitchhike three miles to high water and go to Montreal and 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 wrestle yeah. uh, uh, on, on, on Tuesday night and and then I'd go stay with my um, with my uncle in Montreal and then go and, and wrestle some more on Thursdays and then on Friday I'd come back to the farm. And then oh, wow. Back to the front. Yeah, and uh, and my my father would borrow money to send me to Montreal and everything because we anyhow made to make to make the story a bit shorter. <laughs> oh, you're you're doing um, fine, sir. Yeah. Oh, no, anyway, yeah. I, uh, I, uh, I went to, um, 
I went to uh, Regina, Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. Okay. To wrestle in the Canadian Amateur Championship. And in order to do that, because in those days there was no highway that went from Quebec here to the rest of Canada. Yeah, I had to go around. My father had to borrow money, mm-hmm. $27 to pay for the bus. And the bus went from here to uh, Detroit and then Chicago and then back to the U.S. I mean, back. And to Canada, you 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 probably know this story. Anyway. And then I went to Regina and I I wrestled in the in the British Empire games, wow. and not in the British Empire games in the Canadian. And I came number two. Oh wow! So on the on the way back, I called my brother. Uh, I, on the way back. Coming back, I stopped in Chicago, and I used the pay phone on the main of me and reverse charges to my brother in Texas. And I said, hey, brother, I said, I won a silver medal in the Canadian Amateur Championship. And I figured he'd be real happy about it, you know, because he had been there. And I, anyway, he said, all right. That's enough amateur wrestling, he said. You'll never make money wrestling amateur, he said. When I come back home, he said, you're going to turn pro. And that's when he did. Yeah. And that's how he started wrestling. <laughs> and, and uh, you, you know, <laughs> I mean... I, I've written about that, and I I think about it every day. Yeah. And then and then, the rest is really history. I wrestled after that over sixty countries. And, oh wow! Uh, all, all and I went all over the world, even more places than my brother, and my sister, and, and you know all my all my seven brothers did some wrestling. Mm-hmm. Including one of my sisters, yeah, and uh, you know, I I was really from a wrestling family, but the the way we had started to wrestle was because my brother Mandan was always getting into trouble, and my father, <laughs> who was who was a policeman, people would come over and say, "Your kid, you mean up my kid," and my father got tired of, you know, spanking him, and of course, at 14, and he was already an amateur wrestler, and he didn't really want to spank him anymore, so he he, he, he took him to the YMCA, and that went straight in the mouth, and listen to this, this is how Mad Dog started wrestling. All right. And and my my father had been friends 
with the coach at the YMCA. Okay. And he says, he told them, he told the coach, he says, he says, my son thinks he's tough because he's always beating up people. And he says, I would like, and I, he told that to his friend who was in the police force in Montreal, who was, unbeknownst to my father, he was also an amateur, uh, amateur wrestler. Anyway, oh. he said, I want to teach him how to box because my father was a boxing fanatic. Uh, he, he knew all the champions all the way back, you know, way back to Jack Johnson. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so the, the chief colleague was in chief and the Harbor Police was also an Englishman that came from England, but he was a, a, an expert wrestler, but he was already in his 60s. Anyway, uh, I have to shorten my stories because once I start on something, you, I keep on going for you're, it. You're, you're fine. Take your time. Wait well, as long and, as you want. Uh, so... Frank Saxon, he had already heard the story from my dad. He said, he thinks he's tough. <laughs> and he says, you got to teach him. He, he had been, he had been, anyway. <laughs> he, and Frank Saxon said, leave it to me. Uh -huh. So, he, my father introduced him to Frank Saxon, and Frank said, I, I, I hear you're pretty tough. So <laughs> right away, my dog, he moves in his chest, you know, he says, yeah, I'm pretty tough, you know. I can meet this guy, I can meet that guy. So, well, he said, look, I, I want to see what you can do. He said, you see that old man sitting over there? He's, he's been, he's pretty old, but I want you to see what you, show us what you can really do. So yeah. right away, my dog is chest and boosted up and he's thinking, well, I'm really gonna tear into this guy. <laughs> so, and he calls, the chief colleague, who looked like an old man, and he was an old man, but then he, he says, this, this is Maurice Vachon, and he says, he's going to show you, he tells us, the chief colleague, he says, he's going to show you what he can do, you know, as a wrestler. So, Mad Dog, thinking, well, I, I got it easy, right? So he drove into him. And this is Mad Dog telling me this story after, and years after. His, and he said, I'm busting right into him. And he said, it took about three minutes, he said. And, and after three minutes, he said, I had 
one leg over my neck, the other leg behind my back. <laughs> and he says, I, I was tied up with my arms. And he says, I was upside down and around. And all I could see was a pair of testicles in front of me. <laughs> and he said, I figured that was the old guy, so I'm building that day. <laughs> and he said, sure enough, they were mine. <laughs> and that is a true story, and I laugh every time I read it. Because Matt Nyman told me. And, and, and four years later, he wrestled in the Olympics. He was wow. 14 then. Wow. And yes. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and my father <laughs> thanked the Chief Fowley. And Chief Fowley, after I, I, I started to write my books and everything, mm -hmm. he was still living. And uh, he, he he lived till he was 97 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, he became a friend of the family and a legend, you know. Yeah. Yeah, at first. But that's only... <laughs> no. <laughs> and at uh, and first, then, and I have many, many stories about Mad Dog yeah. when he comes to me. When, uh, and then he started doing road work and he used to take me along with him. Yeah. And you know, when you're, when you're seven years old, you can run all day. <laughs> but if, if you're just running down the road, after four or five miles, you got fed up. I say, ah, <laughs> I don't want to run no more. And I'd sit down on the ground and we'd run here to Montreal. And Mad Dog would pick me up and put me on his shoulders and run, and, and run the rest of the 15 miles with me on my shoulder, with me on his shoulder. Wow. That's and, amazing. And later on, yeah. And in wrestling meetings, I used to tell that story. <laughs> and, and, and Mad Dog would butt in and say, well, you know when they say, He's not heavy. He's my brother. But he said it was a lie about Paul. He was always heavy, not heavy. Oh, yeah. that's, that's great. Yeah, All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about when you ran Grand Prix Wrestling. I, I read in your book that you, uh, you had a promotion. Uh, called Grand Prix Wrestling. Actually, it was already going, but you took it over. And uh... well, well, okay, that, 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 this is another story. Okay. Uh, okay. After I, I traveled the world over uh, by myself, mm -hmm. you know, I wanted to separate from my brother because I wanted to go someplace and see the world. And the only way I could do that is to go as a wrestler. Yeah. That way yeah, I could afford it. So, you know, mm -hmm. so it took me from here 
to Europe. It took me to New Zealand. It took me to Australia, wow. India, and, and did I mention New Zealand and Africa, Europe and everything, everywhere where I could make a living yeah. with my trade. That's and and uh, after a while, I came back home, and and then we started. Uh, my my brother said, "Well, it's about time you." Uh, he said, "You left for six months." He said, "You've been gone for ten years." <laughs> I was gone for ten years, and he says, "I'm making nothing but money." He says, "Wrestling." In, uh, in Oregon, and he said, I want you to team up with me. And he says, we're going to wrestle in the Minneapolis Territory. Yeah. And uh, then we went to the Minneapolis Territory. And at first, we became champions of the world yeah. in the AWA, American Wrestling Association. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and the rest is history, you might say. Yeah. But not really about, about my story or my dog. It kept on going. And I've said this before, and I don't know if I said that to you. I've written three and a half books about it. Yeah. There was a movie made about it. And I could write another three books. And never write about the same thing. So you know, and then yeah. not many people have had careers in any field. Then no. they can write four or five books about it, and still have stuff to write about. Yeah, yeah. You have a lot of great stories. Not a lot of memories. And, yeah, yeah. And 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 I'm grateful for having read. I mean, for having written all those books. Yeah. Because as you get older, you know, you lose your memory slowly. Yeah. When, when, when I, uh, there's another story that you might not want to hear, but my dad was one of the strongest men in the world. Mm -hmm. And he taught, he taught us how, he wanted us to learn boxing. But he, he found out that it was better to learn wrestling mm -hmm. uh, because uh, the coach that taught us how to wrestle, he said, friend, take him to the boxing room because even the best boxers wind up and punch. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and we've seen it. Even the even the champions wind up, you know, when they're, you know, you, your 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 head is not made to be punched at. That's when the screws become loose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, that's how we started. I started wrestling and yeah. And it, and the rest is history. Yeah, I want to talk about your 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 nickname, the butcher. Uh, tell us oh, how you got that nickname. Okay. 
can imagine what it means. <laughs> oh, yeah. so, I, I say, I'm not going under fall of me. <laughs> and then he started laughing and he couldn't stop laughing and I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> so, so we decided on and the wool, I guess, or uh, and then it doesn't matter what we decided back then. Yeah, I won that as wool. Right. Oh, because I wrestled under a mask for anyway. Yeah. And 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 then and then finally he, he said, "Okay, well, man, dog in the butcher." Mad Dog and the Butcher. So your brother came up with it. That's great. Mad Dog and the Butcher. All right. I read in your book about uh, you with Andre the Giant, how you brought him over here when you had that uh, Grand Prix wrestling. Can you talk about that, uh, how he was and how you got him over here and and got him going? Yeah. Yeah. I am... Uh, when I was just before I started wrestling, cool, there was a, a big guy out of Montreal. Mm-hmm. His name was Frank Walla. He, he hadn't been in the police force like my dad, mm-hmm. but he had um, become a professional wrestler. And he was a great big guy and didn't have too many to wrestle around here. And this was before there was professional wrestling very much in Canada. This is a long time ago. Okay. Anyway, he, he went to France. Mm-hmm. And he became 
you know, the, the, the Canadian champion in France, and he became a big star in Europe, and he wrestled all over. Okay. And then when he came back to Montreal by that time, I was the promoter. We were just getting Grand Prix wrestling started. Okay. And Frank told me, he said, Paul, I remember when you used to carry my bag. <laughs> and he says, I've got somebody for us you won't believe. And when you see him, his name is Andre Rusimov. And he says, if you don't send for him, you're crazy. Yeah. And that was enough for me. Yeah. I said, give me his number. I'm going to call him. We're going to send for him. Okay. So that's how we got him. Yeah. And actually what I read in your book too is that, uh, was it Dick the Bruiser that came up with the giant part? Oh, with, with the name, yeah. We, we, yeah. we called him Andre Rusova, you know. Yeah. No, 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 no. We called him, oh yeah, here in Montreal when he got here, listen to this. It's a good thing my wife reminded me because I'm losing my memory. No. But in any case, when we got him here in Montreal, mm -hmm. there was a very famous other giant. He was like in, in seven feet tall. Mm -hmm. And his name was uh, the Giant Fairy. The Giant Fairy. <laughs> you get it? It doesn't mean the same thing in French. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. And so we got in the Seattle in Montreal, and the people knew the story. And then. And the aforementioned giant in French history and everything, and they associated. And then when I send them to wrestling, to learn, yeah. and to wrestling, he says, what's his name? Vern Gagne wanted to use him in Chicago. Yeah. I said, well, we... we <laughs> <laughs> the giant fairy <laughs> and then the bruiser who was the promoter in Chicago he was in the room he said what are you nuts he said we can't call the seven foot four giant the giant fairy and <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> and these are all 
you know, I don't have to make these up, man. These are all true stories. No, I, I, I read the book. I, I, I know. I do have to ask you about with Vern. Um, I've always been told that Vern paid really well, well yeah. in the AWA, and I read that in your book as well. Um, did you enjoy working there when you were with with the AWA with your brother? I enjoyed it tremendously. Yeah. And, and you know, Maurice had told me, he said, look, you got a funny personality, you know. Yeah. You know, and he, he didn't give any, everybody shit when he said, don't, don't listen to that bullshit. And he said, yeah. take it with a grain of salt. But, you know, he respected that, though. Yeah. And, and the minute I got there, his respect swings to me. Yeah. So, you know, he he was not an idiot. Right. He was a pretty damn smart fella, except right. that he was also a bully. <laughs> yes, I've yeah. But not with us. Well, you're you're a pretty big fella, so I don't think he probably would have. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he knew. I mean, we. He might have scared other guys, but right. I wasn't scared of him, and neither right. was my dog. We know that. Yeah, I, I've I've been told that you know he paid well, but sometimes he was difficult uh, to work with as far as the matches and things like that, and how people wanted to go. He wanted to take them another direction, but they always they all everybody I've talked to that worked there said he paid well. He he, you got yeah. time off, and he paid well. Right, and, and and he really gave us shit when we said we wanted to leave there. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we told them we were leaving because we were starting our own promotion in Montreal. Yeah. And after he jumped up and down and stormed and Give a shit and call us all, all sorts of names and everything. He said, Man, on your first show, I want to be booked on it. Well, there you go. And he came. Well, yeah. Because yeah. he probably knew you guys would put on a good show. Yes, we did. And, yeah. and it was at, you know, and a new building and and. and yeah. the, and everything and shit, we we did wonders, and uh, even after that, we stayed friends with him. Yeah. No, I was friends with him till they left. And uh, as a matter of fact, when we first got into the Hall of Fame, Vern came too, and he got inducted in the Hall of Fame, and we had uh, reunions and everything, and we told stories. You know, yeah. you really want to hear. Tall stories you get together with a bunch of old timers <laughs> from those days. They'll sit around and tell us some doozies. Oh, and, I... and all of them were true. Yeah. 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 Oh, I I would love to just, you know, I'd love to go to the, right now with this COVID, it's really hard uh, with yeah. going anywhere. But uh, tell me about your experience when you got inducted into the, uh, the Hall of Fame. I mean, you got inducted uh, in 2004, uh, and then in 2010, the Luthes. 
What was that like for you? I know it's quite an honor. Uh, I don't think, honestly, to me, it's not publicized enough. You know, the WWE Hall of Fame is so publicized and, and all that, but that's not really a, that's a organization Hall of Fame. You know, the, the National Hall of Fame is the one that, to me, means more. I don't know about what you think about that. Uh, I, well, listen, I'm, 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 I'm proud of it, you know, even if there was no Hall of Fame. Yeah. I, I was so proud of being able to make my living after living on the farm milking cows and shoveling manure. <laughs> you know, that just to be able to make a living yeah. and travel the world, I mean, I could not, I could not, I keep repeating that, and my wife is no. so fed up of hearing it, <laughs> and I think I'm probably, uh, I've told you already, that if I couldn't do it again, I would do it again for free. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, if you love a job and you love doing what you're doing, Oh my goodness. That's the that's the best part of being in a in a yeah. job or a position or whatever you're doing. If you love it, that's I love doing this. You know, when I finally retire fully, this is what I want to do. I want to podcast with with wrestlers, yeah. old, you know, from the past to now. That's what I want to do. And and I enjoy doing it. I enjoy talking to people you got, you know, the generate to me, you are the trailblazers for what wrestling is uh, today, yeah. even in the eighties, nineties. And now it's guys like yourself, your brother, Vern Ganya. I mean, I, I could name a hundred guys Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, and women, uh, your, your sister Vivian, when yeah. she was, and, and your, and your daughter Luna, they trailblaze for what we have today and on and the kind of money they make. And, and I appreciate that. And I know, wrestlers do too but i want to tell you that i appreciate everything you've contributed because i loved you guys as a kid you were villains but yeah you guys you and your brother just knew how to do it right and your brother did a lot of the talking but you know it was it was great i loved it and 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 and, and you know i, I listen you're you're on a good run and i really should not interrupt you no, go ahead, please. You're, this is we're here to listen to you, not me. <laughs> but, I know this won't be understood by everybody, every every listener that you have. But you know, we make our life making people hate us. but wrestling as a villain teaches you more and more about life than any business you can be in yeah and it teaches you how not to hate people but to love people yeah I can see that it teaches you more about 
what people would, would do when they hate somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that's people definitely true. I heard your wife D back there. That's definitely a true true statement. You love to hate them. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, and you know there was, and I had a hell of a background, you know. I'm the middle one of thirteen kids. I saw all Hello, one of these days I'm going to like yeah. kapow him right to the moon. <laughs> it was a good night. So also we have a fan page. Are, uh, it's Paul the Butcher of Rashawn. Uh, he has his books on there and t-shirts and uh, pictures um, and videos. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot more videos. We were hoping to get like on the road, there that people but can, now we're going to be stuck here, so he's going to do a lot more. Videos yeah. and things like that. So okay. check us out. If I, I will. And you. for those that don't know, this is okay. uh, the butcher's right, wife. Well, let's D. talk about then uh, what are you doing now? Is I know the you force guys behind are, the man. Are, uh, right across right. the U.S. border. Absolutely. In there. I always, my motto, <laughs> and, happy uh, wife, all this life. COVID stuff. Is Absolutely. The, you know, you Paul, down. Paul knows how to say yes, dear, in quite a few languages. Okay. And I also hear he's a great singer. Oh man, he could sing. You wouldn't believe how he could yeah. sing. He sang. Yeah. Uh, he sang a wedding song to us. We were married on a on the top of a mountain uh, on a big rock and yeah. overlooking uh, Canada and uh, Lake Memphremagog up here in the northeast. And yeah, he had throat cancer, so he can't really uh, sing, you know, yeah. in public. But he sings to me all the time. So yeah. poor me. <laughs> oh, I'm sure not. No. <laughs> Okay, well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, I well, really... he's got more time. He's just uh, had a drink of water here while I'm, you know, he's ready to talk all night if you want to, Brian. So oh, I just wanted to, uh, I talked about the Hall of Fame and stuff. I, I, I just, I will close it out real quick. And uh, if he wants to get back on, and uh, I'll, I'll thank hey, you. Go ahead. Oh, there he is. I hear you. All right. Yeah. Well, Butcher. I want to thank you so much for your time and uh, your stories. It's been great. And, and D thank you as well uh, for finally getting us together. Uh, for those that don't know, we had a couple of hiccups with uh, technical difficulties, but we finally got it uh, going. And uh, again, butcher, thank you so much, sir, for your, for your time and, and your stories and, and for what you've done for wrestling, you and your family. Uh, okay, uh, okay, listen. Yes, sir. Uh, excuse me uh, if I'm cutting you short, but before oh. I, I, I I know you're you're saying goodbye, but before you go, I'd like to tell you about Santa Claus. Um, please. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Uh, how do I get into it? You just start. You you've been a Santa Claus at a mall for this will be the twentieth year, but yeah. now you know you're not doing the mall, but you will be doing it virtually through. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he'll, okay. be, he'll be coming in. Li he'll be coming in uh, live from the oh. North Pole. 
Oh, well, that's <laughs> wonderful. That's great. I'm well, put that out on your Facebook page and I'll, and I'll put it on mine when it comes out the link and we'll, we'll get you a lot of, a lot of people watching you and asking yeah, for yeah, presents. He's gonna, yeah. He's going to, uh, yeah, we're going to make a video about that tonight as soon okay. as we get on from here. Okay. And it will be, Frankie will post it and then, uh, Okay. Yeah, so he's used to, you know, we usually start uh, Black Friday or, you know, and. Oh, we'll okay. See. So. Let, let, let me tell you, let me tell you how it started, okay? Please do, sir. I said, my niece is bringing Anyway, listen, I. I uh, We've been in the house in the woods here, my wife and I, years ago, and log in the house 40 feet by 20 feet wide. Yeah. And 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 then uh, after a couple of years, I said, this is nice. We're looking at the mountain. I said, but I'm, I, we're going to die looking at this beautiful mountain. I said, we got to do something. Yeah. So we started doing fairs and Festival and selling ice stuff, wrestling stuff. And then we went to the mall. <laughs> and and then the we we were selling our stuff in the in the mall and the Santa that they had was drunk. And and the manager he he threw them all over the kids and everything. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and he finally fell off the chair. And so they had to cut it off. And the manager in the mall said, Paul, you gotta do something. He says, I said, okay, well, I'll take his place. So I took his place, and that was 22 years ago. That's wonderful. That was 19 years ago. And he says, it was only 19 years ago. Well. That's and, wonderful. And, yeah, and I've been sad every year ever since then. And this year too virtually. And and and, and this year, uh, and we're figuring out a way. Mm -hmm. And I we talked to the people at the mall. Yeah. And how to do it? Uh, and. My, like, like we're doing now, except virtually. virtually. Yeah. But not, I'm going to stay home. Yeah, it's, that's, I mean, that's the good thing about technology now. We can do that. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm so glad we're able to talk like this uh, yeah. virtually. And, and, and I really just, again, uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, yeah. Butcher, I appreciate your stories and, and all you've done for wrestling uh, and you know people don't know they i mean you were in all those branches you were in the awa you were in the wwf you were in the nwa uh stampede wrestling all the regional uh major promotions and i consider you and i know a lot of people do a trailblazer and i just want to say thank you and again thank you for taking the time to do this with me today and uh i really appreciate it sir and, and all you've done okay and all i have to say is thank you very much 
<laughs> All right. On that note, on that note, we're gonna end it here again. Thank you very much, and uh, again, thank you for all you've done, Butcher. I appreciate it. I feel my share of losing. <laughs>